0: Praise the Lord. It is chat time once again. This week we will continue our discussion of current events and scriptures.
1: Praise the Lord. So this week, um, as promised, we'll start um, talking about 1 Kings chapter 13. But I'd like to get to a couple of current events first. Someone sent me an article. Um, Texans um, are afraid that the liberal left and some upcoming Texas state bills may try to ban Christianity in Texas. How can you ban Christianity? That
2: that's freedom of religion. How can you ban a religion?
1: Some half dozen bills will ban Christianity in all but name, and. There's this man called or this person Eric Erickson. He's a conservative blogger and radio host, and he writes in the resurgent and he lists uh he's referring to Texas bills including HB two two four, H B two five four, H B eight five zero and SB 151, HB is House Bill, and SB is Senate Bill, and they all, which, they all would prohibit the discrimination of sexual orientation or gender identity by businesses, including Christian-owned ones. Previously, Christian businesses have claimed they have the right to refuse service based on their religious beliefs. How is that eliminating christianity there are two other bills also being considered hb 517 which would require christian counselors to affirm transgenderism and senate bill 154 which would force doctors to create birth certificates retroactively for patients who gender transition how is that eliminating christianity just tet- it's,
2: it's not eliminating Christianity. It is reinforcing carnality. But just because uh, they want counselors to try to counsel people who are transitioning or who are transgender or whatever, you counsel them with the word. And regardless, regardless of how
1: they would try to instruct you, you tell them that you're counseling according to the word of God, which is their, as our religion,
2: and that there is no change in it. Now, I saw a, a, an example of a person who said, and he was ridiculing. Well, I think what he means, less rights for Christians. Well, That's I don't know I if it's think. less rights, more rights for the ungodly, mm-hmm. but I don't. I, but it doesn't mean that Christians don't take a stand. So this one person, he was sort of mocking Christians because he was Muslim. And he was saying how they won't burn a mosque. He said, now, he said, they do all this to your churches. And he said, but you see, they don't do it to our our mosques. And I'm thinking, well, I'm glad. See, I took joy in the fact that he said, because we will retaliate. So I took joy in the fact that, well, maybe they would destroy something, and we don't retaliate in kind because well, we are not colonel. And so all he was doing was saying he was no better than they were. They were basically cut from the same cloth. It was like eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. There is no difference between him and the people who uh, act out in hatred. But there's, he said, so why do they attack the churches? Because they know that we retaliate with love and they think that somehow they have the advantage because... That's a weakness. Right. That's that is stupidity. A weakness. Yes. And, and where in, in reality, we're more than conquerors. We're more than victorious because our weapons are not kernel. But unless you know that their weapons are kernel. So the, what they consider to be, I guess, uh, a, a weakness, the Lord fights our battle and it becomes our strength. These laws to strengthen the ungodly. Saints just, still, they just have to take a stand when it comes to the word of God. Now, if a person is truly seeking the truth, because I think some people who are trying to transgender or trying to transition, some of them I believe are actually looking for something. They're trying to find themselves, and they're just doing everything in the wrong way. And if they're really truly seeking the truth, and a person stands on the truth and delivers the truth to them they'll receive it. Now, those who despise the truth, they will hate them for it. But that's that's with any situation, whether it's transgender, that's with anybody who embraces sin. Anybody who embraces sin and wants to continue in sin and does not want their conscience to be condemned, they will hate you for giving them the truth. But a person who's truly seeking something and finally you give them the word, they will embrace
0: it. Yeah, no law, no, matter what they put out, it's not gonna dim the light of God. Right. The light of God is always gonna shine through because um, somebody's out there looking for some, looking for some hope. So hope is gonna be there. Even though the enemy's trying to stop everything to keep, you know, hope alive. But hope is always gonna be there. And it's not and no matter what's gonna happen, you know, it's not gonna override God's word. It's not gonna turn out God's light. God's light is always going to shine through. Like King said one time, he said, truth crush the earth is going to rise again. So no matter how hard you try to pound the truth, it's going to rise again. It's going to come back up. Right. And so these, these people, I know they're going to end, the well, I, end up the I don't south. know
1: if they're saying that it's going to ban or strip Christianity from Texas, but I think it's making it harder for Christians to practice the biblical teachings. I don't it. see without, without fighting, standing up for the rights. And
2: yeah, well, are, well businesses and everything, well, they have to stand for the right. I, when it comes to public I guess access I, there will be a problem if you do have a business when you, and you begin to discriminate depending on what type of business you have You know, it makes a difference. Now, if the same way uh, Judaism has rights, same way Muslim has rights, same way other religions have rights specific to their religious beliefs, Christians also have rights. It's just that Christians and and, and Jewish
1: people are so tied together, you have to take a Mm stance. So anyway, another article that was sent to me is the New York Times, says that Robot marriage is becoming mainstream. <laughs> I haven't yet—I've yet, <laughs> <laughs> yet to see that here. And a pastor believes that church is partly to blame. This came from the Christian Post uh, website. And the nation's most prominent newspapers asserting marriage to robots is becoming mainstream, as is how? What robot? What is now called digisexuality. <laughs> Oh, you're talking about like a computer voice or something? I had a down. What? I don't understand. I mean, wow. in how? In a Saturday New York Times article, it was titled, Do You Take This Robot? with the subtitle, Today We Fall in Love Through Our Phones. Maybe your phone itself could be just as satisfying. <laughs> the newspaper noted that artificial intelligence driven Sex robots are becoming more mainstream in an age of sexting and dating apps like Tinder. But how can it be fair? A robot is not a person. Oh, this is there's more to this. It is fair to ask whether everyone might be a closet digital, digisexual.
2: (laughs) The article says, No, unless you're not. I'm saying, you know, how, how do you give? Uh, a robot, the status of a living being. And now I can see Mary the programmer, so that's basically what you're falling in love with. If a person says, well, I I fall in love with this, digital, whatever, whatever, then you should seek out the programmer. Because basically the person behind
1: the program is what you have become attracted to. They interviewed uh, Neil MacArthur, who's an associate professor who specializes in philosophy and sexuality. At the University of Manitoba and he notes that alarmism always precedes every advance in cyber sex but such things eventually become normalized it first happened with porn then with internet dating what then with Snapchat sac- 16 uh, one of these one by one these technologies come along and there's this wave of panic, but as people start to use these technologies, they become part of our lives.
2: It has always been a part, see the sin has always been a part of life. I don't agree with this person. I mean, as long as we had Playboy, Playgirl, I mean, all those uh, magazines that were pornographic, just because you transfer that spirit over until the digital age, it's still the same spirit. And I'm saying, there's no way of panic, it's just basically stupid.
1: That's not to say something doesn't make sense, doesn't make sense. Well, in this article, it says featured prominently in the article uh, of this, um, the New York Times article, um, is a person by the name of I'm gonna butcher this, I don't want to offend anybody Akihiko. Kondo, a 35-year-old Japanese man who in quotes married a female looking hologram in November. Which is dumb. Kondo called his wedding a triumph of true love after years of <laughs> 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 excuse me of feeling ostracized by real life women for being a geek. And considers himself a sexual minority who faces discrimination. See, but it, it, it's, and I, I don't. Know, I mean, I laughed at the tr- triumph of true love. But I, 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 I can understand, it, as far as the, the Japanese
2: culture, which is basically non-Christian. What I wouldn't be able to understand is how anybody in their right mind who recognizes that God is. So, uh, anybody who does not recognize God, any nation, any culture that does not recognize who God is the Lord said, first, we have to know that God is. But if they don't recognize it, then this subject will do anything. See, then it doesn't surprise me. If it's somebody who rejects the truth, then if you reject the truth, you're going to embrace a lie. So it doesn't surprise me. So I can imagine people marrying holograms and goldfish and whatever else that comes into mind. Because the Lord said the imagination is evil.
1: Now, well, further on in the article, it talks about how when it comes to marriage, Christian pastors are um, minimizing premarital counseling or foregoing it all altogether you know well I, well
2: it depends now, I say for instance if, if I don't think premarital counseling is a mandatory thing you know if two adults are saved and they both. Understand it, that that they it are in, in on the Lord. different denominations. I would imagine. Well, I'm different. talking about Christians, not denominations. I'm talking about people who are relying on the Word of God, not an organization, but they're saved. And you see two saved people, and they have decided to come together in holiness. You don't necessarily have to have premarital counseling, you know. But if you have people who might be, you know, uh, not truly within, in your mind. Not, like they're not compatible as far as faith is concerned. They might not be compatible as far as practices are concerned, you know, um, as far as the, uh, practical things. Like say, for instance, you can have two saved people, and they might want to marry, but you have one saved person who's a big spender, and the other one's a big saver. You have one who's exceptionally neat, and the other one is a complete slob. You might tell them, you know, I don't think you two should get married. You know, if you have that type of situation where you know that they're going to end up having some type of confusion because their lifestyles will be so different in the natural, not the spiritual, because as long as two people are saved, and and, and they're both single, because I've seen some people do some strange things, as long as they're saved, they have
1: a right to marry. So the Times featured another article recently on robots seeking to answer the question, why do we hurt robots? With the subtitle, they are like us, but unlike us, and both fearsome and easily easy to bully. The same way you kick the tires on your car, it crosses a <laughs> machine. In 2017, Saudi Arabia, infamous for its suppression of women's rights, rights granted official citizenship to a robot. But not, but the women are still fighting for their rights. And <laughs> that same year, while not recognized by authorities, Chinese artificial intelligence engineer Zhang Zhajian made headlines when he married the robot he built in 2016 after having given up on finding a human spouse. Speculations have emerged in recent months that by the year 2045, robots will be accorded Civil rights protections. Well, why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, we do it for same sex. <laughs> right. It's transgender.
2: Mm-hmm. But I can, I can picture that for any nation that does not recognize who God is.
1: Anyway, moving on. So, as promised, I hope everybody started to read chapter 13 of 1 Kings because we're going to start studying this. It's going to be a little bit long because it is a long. Um, Chapter. Right, and in the way of a
2: background, we have to realize this is this uh is set in a time when the tribes actually ended up splitting from Rehoboam because of his foolishness in taking the advice of the young men instead of the wise men, but it was of the Lord because the people, all they wanted was an excuse to defy God's word and to go in their own way. So the climate of it is the nations, the tribes, the ten tribes went with Jeroboam, Jeroboam and only Judah stayed with, well, Benjamin was so small, they just folded them in with Judah. And the Levites stayed in Jerusalem and the rest followed after Jeroboam. So, and the Lord told you, you can't go out and fight against your brother because this thing is of me. So the Lord allowed them to go in their own way because of their... Their rebellious nature, he allowed them because the Lord was getting ready to be uh, ready to, to chastise. So the, that's the climate in which chapter 13, it, it, you know, it finds itself in.
1: All right, so it, 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 we're gonna go through the first 10 verses that we're gonna start. I mean, we're, it's not gonna be finished by any means today, but uh, we're gonna start reading with uh, verse one and it's where it's a man of God is confronting Jeroboam
0: and behold there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel and Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense and he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord and said O altar altar Thus saith the Lord, Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon thee shall he offer the priests of the high places that burn incense upon thee, and men's bones shall be burnt upon thee. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord hath spoken, Behold, The altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. And it came to pass, when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God which had cried against the altar in Bethel, that he had put forth his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold on him. And his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up, so that he could not put it in again to him. The altar also was rent, and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king answered and said unto the man of God, Entreat now the faith of the Lord thy God, and pray for me that my hand may be rest- restored me again. And the man of God besought the Lord, and the king's hand was restored him again, and became as it was before. And the king said unto the man of God, Come home with me, and refresh thyself, and I will give thee a reward. And the man of God said unto the king, If thou wilt give me half thine house, I will not go in with thee neither will i eat bread nor drink water in this place for so it was charged me by the word of the lord saying eat no bread nor drink water nor turn again by the same way that thou camest so he went another way and returned not by the way that he came to bethel
1: so That's that's something. Yeah. That's something. First of all, that the um, altar was split, torn, rent. That's what that means. And then when the king heard the man of God, and actually the king or the man of God or the Lord was upset about the altar,
2: right? Uh, Yeah, because they were defiling it. You know, that's one of the reasons why I believe uh, when the Lord allowed them to ransack the temple and he allowed the Gentiles to take out the the, uh, vessels and the spoons and, and basically break down the altars and because they had defiled it. And so therefore, this is what Jeroboam was doing. He was defiling, an altar and it didn't matter to him that he was doing that either. So when the man of God came out and cried out against it, he had to understand Jeroboam.
1: So had Jeroboam had was the, about to burn incense yes. by the altar. Right. Now was that allowed by the king to do that? No. But now that's he, that's, he that's he something that's left only for the priests. Right, but you have to realize he
2: had he had split from the the king and the Levites stayed with the king. They stayed in Jerusalem with the temple. So there were no priests. So rather than him humbling himself, rather than him humbling himself and saying, I can't offer up to the Lord because the, the Levites, he was so intent on keeping the people away from Jerusalem that he was going to erect his own altar and he was going to offer up now this is what Jeroboam did he actually not only built his own altar that's why you know when the Lord says the whole role, eat the whole room he actually appointed priests
1: but the priests that he appointed eating the whole room meaning that you can't just pick and choose certain scriptures out of right. the Bible well, and just say, and I'm
2: just going to read this testament and forget about the
1: old right you have to you have to consider the entire Bible right for for the whole truth of the matter right because that same spirit
2: is in the church today where people go in their own way and and like the Lord told Ezekiel he said they're sitting there before you he said but they have erected the idols in their heart he said and they have the idols are before their face you're looking at the people he said but I'm looking at their heart and so he made the most base people priests. So so the truth meant nothing to Jeroboam. Power meant something to him.
1: So, you know, that reminds me of how uh, the Cain and Abel, you know, how the offerings were, you know, one gave the first fruits and the best and the other didn't, and the Lord was irritated. Right. You know, you can imagine how the lord was irritated because they didn't use the you know they used um not levite pre you know the levites right. to offer incense or burned sacrifices they it's like whatever this right. is good enough this is this is fine right I, i'm gonna make do with what i have and you know and, and not regard what the lord says right he could have even taken a stab at
2: trying to be honorable he could have said well give me out of out of a Ten tribes, select for me the most noble among the people. Give me the people who have a reputation of faith. But nope.
1: Well, we're going to have to continue next week. I know we didn't really get it, really into this, and it's going to be interesting. Um, so I'd like to stop here and pick it up next, next week.
0: Praise the Lord, and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from Psalms 2
1: and 11 serve the lord with fear and rejoice with
0: trembling ain't god all
1: right god is all right praise the lord and let everything that hath breath praise the lord last week's food for thought was what springs out of the earth and what looks down from heaven and the answer is truth and righteousness and the answer can be found in psalms 85 Verse 11, which reads, Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. This week's Food for Thought is, What is the sting of death? Hint, the Bible. And that's Food for Thought.